0: Welcome to the God Culture, where we urge you to challenge tradition, as 1 Thessalonians 5.21 tells us, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. We do not intend to be confrontational, but to compare what the Bible really says versus the traditions of men, which Jesus himself rebuked. Jesus said to the Pharisees, Full well you reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition, Mark 7, 9. We are continuing Solomon's Gold series today with Jonah's journey corrected. This will be a shorter video, but we felt it necessary to show you what the scripture says about this story because Jonah was escaping God's will ...to a land called Tarshish, which we've talked about. And once again, biblical scholars have gotten this completely wrong. Some say it is Tartessus, Spain. Why? Because it starts with a T? Of course, that's the only good reason uh, that one could come up with. Tartessus, Spain has no actual evidence of even existing, but regardless... It was known as a very pagan land, equal to Nineveh. But Jonah was escaping evil to go to a land that was not as evil. See, the land of Ophir, which included Tarshish and even Sheba, had already repented largely in the days of King Solomon, as we proved in the Queen of Sheba revisited segment. The queen returned, and according to Jesus, they repented in similar fashion to what Nineveh will when Jonah follows God's will. Coincidentally, in his prophecy in Matthew, Jesus ties the story of Jonah and the whale, confirming it really happened, by the way, to the repentance of Nineveh, to the repentance of Sheba, and both lands will rise in judgment of the final generation, which is already beginning To happen in Sheba before our eyes. If you attend a church that does not believe Jonah could have been swallowed by a whale, then let us be clear come out of her. Because any church that does not believe the actual words of Jesus himself, because he confirmed the story in Matthew 12 uh, as well, they should be treated in the very same way. That church is a figment of your imagination. A fairy tale. The story of Jonah really happened. Exactly how the Bible describes, and so did, creation and the flood. We mentioned Peter's warning about the end times, where they will deny creation and the flood. These all lead to the same place. You have the right to prove the Bible. But you do not have the right to claim any portion of it is untrue and call yourself a follower of the real Jesus, the Son of God. We'll go into this in detail. But the end conclusion of this segment will prove that Tarshish is still Ophir because you cannot separate the two lands, especially not in totally opposite directions. We have amply proven that Ophir is in the Orient, East. Three years' journey from the Red Sea. Where scholars go wrong with this study is they disconnect Tarshish from all the other many mentions in the Bible where it is tied very clearly to Ophir, and they assume that Jonah's final destination was west. The Bible does not say that And we'll show you a scripture that shows that the ships of ezion the Red Sea port, which Solomon built initially, which goes east to Ophir, Tarshish, and Sheba on a three-year journey, was not operating. At the time of Jonah, as the ships were broken up a hundred years earlier in the time of Jehoshaphat. So, Jonah took the longest route because he was escaping to the furthest point he could. The ends of the earth, as we found out, the Bible says, is Ophir and Tarshish and Sheba, the isles. And even according to Jesus. Again... Let's let Scripture interpret Scripture for ourselves, because scholars certainly are not doing it for us in this instance. If they had, they would have saved us the effort of needing to produce this series to set this story straight. So, let's go back to the story of Jonah. Jonah 1 Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them, Unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So, what was Jonah doing? He was running from God. Do you think he thought, Well, God knows my heart, I'll just do this my way and ignore his words, and God won't mind. He knows I mean to serve him and preach in Tarshish and do a lot of good after all. Well, He probably justified this in such a fashion, but was God okay with his disobedience? Nope. Do you think that changed today? Nope. We'll talk about that another time. Good luck finding a scripture to support rebellion, because you will find none. This passage says, Two times Jonah was fleeing the presence of the Lord actually rendered with the name of God, not Lord, by the way, in the Hebrew, which is actually replaced, the name of God, the true name of God is replaced in the Bible, over 7,000 times, even in the King James. So, be careful with that. Realize that when you deviate from his commandments, you are fleeing the presence of God. Jonah went to Joppa, which is in Israel on the Mediterranean Sea, not the Red Sea. But wait a minute, didn't we find in part one of this series that Tarshish and Ophir and Sheba are all in the east, the orient? And that port was ezion Gabir on the Red Sea? Yes, we did. But scripture tells us why Jonah found a boat going east to Tarshish-Ophir, which had to leave from the Mediterranean Sea rather than the Red Sea, because there was no port left in Jonah's time. 1 Kings 22:48. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir. Uh-oh, there's that tie to Ophir again. For gold. But they went not. For the ships were broken at Ezion Gebir. Where do the ships of Tarshish go, by the way? And whatever scholar proposed Tarshish is a wood must have been smoking something. As all these verses are clear, it is referring to a place called Tarshish. Well, the ships of Tarshish go to Ophir. See part one of this series for multiple scriptures proving this in great detail. This chronologically was about 100 years before Jonah. If there was still any kind of trade going on with the land of Ophir, even though it would be a far longer journey, one would have to leave from the Mediterranean Sea instead, and obviously there was such a ship leaving from Joppa, Israel. This is where scholars say Jonah headed west. However, Tarshish and Ephir are clearly in the same place, in the east, the orient. Tarshish did not move directions from three years' journey in the east to a jaunt to the west. Now, again, what was Jonah doing? He was running from the presence of God. Imagine that. He chose the longest trip far away to the ends of the earth, to a land that had already heard and learned from the wisdom of Solomon and his God. See, he was also looking for the easier route because Sheba Tarshish Shofir had already repented and accepted God's message. And Jesus confirms this, but we'll get to that. Jonah one seventeen. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. We all know this story, but do you believe it? Jesus did. Let's continue. Jonah 2.10-3. Three, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. So wherever Jonah was spit up by the whale or fish, it was a three-day journey to Nineveh from that point. There are scholars out there that actually make the claim that Nineveh was so large an area that it actually took three days to walk through the city, but that makes no sense. We would have found archaeological evidence of such a massive city, and that just did not happen. No, Jonah now has a three-day journey, which shows us where he was spit up, and it's not what we have been told at all. Note, nothing in this passage tells us how he got to Nineveh from there, but the answer is obvious. We'll look at a map of the traditional view, but this view also requires a trip over land for Jonah to get to Nineveh, once the whale dropped him on land in what they believed to be still the coast of the Mediterranean. But is this true? So for the land route, he would have had to use a camel. A camel can travel 30 to 40 kilometers, or 18 to 25 miles, in a given day. This is a very critical piece of information that scholars should have considered. But no worries, we will. This is a map of the traditional view of Jonah's journey. Jonah leaves from Joppa, Israel, goes out to sea, encounters a storm, they throw him into the sea and the whale swallows him for three days. There is a major problem here. Unless the whale could fly, which we would love to see, Jonah would have, at the shortest, a a seven-and-a-half-day camel ride just to get to a water route near the Euphrates River, which he would then travel about two more days out of the way to get to the Tigris River, where Nineveh was. Then, heading north for yet another day, he would finally arrive in Nineveh in about ten and a half days. That's not three days. What does the scripture say? Three days' journey. This theory sinks to the bottom of the sea. It's wrong on many levels. Without a miracle that God fails to mention, on purpose, mind you, because one was not necessary, how did Jonah get to Nineveh in just three days from the Mediterranean? He didn't, because he was not dropped there. Here is the view that makes sense from Scripture. Jonah leaves from Joppa on the Mediterranean Sea, taking the long way around Africa, because, remember, the Red Sea port was not functioning, and Jonah was not seeking efficiency here. He was running as far away as possible from God to a land that was already reached by Solomon, the easy route. As the ship enters the Indian Ocean also known as the Arabian Sea, as it was going to Tarshish Ophir Sheba, which are beyond the Indian Ocean, they encounter a storm, and the crew throws Jonah overboard to quiet his angry God. Jonah is swallowed by a fish, a whale, for three days and nights, under God's control, who wanted Jonah to go where? to Nineveh, which is in modern-day Iraq. So, would God drop him in Africa? No. God led the whale to the right place to drop Jonah that represented a shorter route to Nineveh, a water route up the Tigris River. Oh, look, it just so happens that the water route up the Tigris River would be about 489 miles, which using the ships available in those days, which we cover in great detail in our ancient ships portion of this series, would take about three days. So why didn't the ship's crew, by the way, just go ashore when the storm hit? Jonah 113. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. If they were in the Mediterranean Sea at this point, they would always be fairly close to land. It was because they were in a much larger sea then the Mediterranean, that this was an even larger challenge, more likely the middle of the Indian Ocean, because they were headed in that direction toward the Orient, not simply to Spain, which isn't provable at all. Notice the men rowed. These were large ships of likely two to three levels of rowers, You'll find in the ancient ship series, they could carry as many as 650 passengers. There's a lot to this story, and we'll cover every piece of it. But again, stay tuned for further in the series. Matthew 12, 39-42 But he answered and said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth." The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Notice how Jesus mentions Jonah, Nineveh's repentance, and the queen of Sheba, Ophir, in the same message. He is tying them together because Jonah was going to Sheba, Ophir, Tarshish, to run away from God because he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Yet, here is another tie where Jesus pulls it all together. Please be sure to review our videos in this series for our complete picture here. For instance, we lay out several Tarshish scriptures in part one, proving Tarshish is, in fact, Ophir and Sheba. That it is a three-year journey, that the ships of Tarshish go to Ophir, and nowhere else is ever listed in the Bible. Tarshish is described as Isles, which rules out Tarsis, Spain which is not an island, by the way, at all, and appears to even be mythical, and that Tarshish and his brothers are the maritime brothers from the table of nations after the flood who divided the islands of the earth. What we know is that Jonah was not headed to Spain nor west as a final destination. Going to Tarshish Ophir is an easterly destination, but the Red Sea port was not operating. Again, he was not pursuing efficiency, but was running from God, probably on the furthest journey he could find. And there was a ship headed to Tarshish in the Orient. All of the timelines and elements of this story tie when you place Tarshish in the Philippines but do not make sense at all if Tarshish was in Spain. Jonah left from Joppa, Israel, on a ship bound for the Orient. Somewhere in the Red Sea, he was ousted from the ship to calm the storm. There he was swallowed by a great fish, a whale, for three days and nights, and led to a place near where God wanted him. See, the whale wasn't merely a choice to punish Jonah and wake him up. It was his transport to where he needed to go. The Bible tells us Jonah was spit up three days away from Nineveh, and that journey would have to have been a water route close by, not the Mediterranean Sea. It would have had to have been the Persian Gulf, off of the Indian Ocean, and no way could it possibly have been from the Mediterranean, which we found would have been a ten-and-a-half-day journey instead. The greatest portion of this story, by the way, as a side note, is the fact that God used a man spit up by a fish to preach to those who worship the fish god Dagon. Just like the Egyptian plagues in the Exodus encounter, in which God was challenging and conquering a different pagan god with each plague, proving he was more powerful. If the frog god can't get rid of his own kind, well, God is far more powerful, isn't he? Same premise here. Thank you for watching our Solomon's Gold series. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and view our website at thegodculture.com. Always remember to prove everything. Thank you.